As I look at uh, multiple TVs in this room right now, I see Adam Schiff, the lead impeachment manager, making the case for the impeachment of Donald John Trump. Let's talk about it with the Star Tribune editorial board, represented today by uh, DJ Tice and John Rash. Doug, I'm going to start with you. Yesterday, obviously, uh, the Democrats were trying to change a lot. They were trying to get a lot of uh, documents. They were trying to get a lot of witnesses. And they went 0 for 11. They did get um, Mitch McConnell to change, although I think from the reporting, it sounds like it was driven more by Republicans when the Senate majority leader was was saying, we're just going to do this two days each, 12 hours. So it might be going on until 4 or 5 in the morning. And then also, instead of having to vote on the evidence from the House, it automatically goes in. Did yesterday show us everything we need to know about this impeachment trial. Well, I think it showed us a lot about how uh, Mitch McConnell is going to handle it uh, strategically, and it kind of helps uh, reaffirm, you know, why uh, the shrewd old uh, master from Kentucky is in the role that he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he came out with very rigid, very draconian rules that uh, you know set everybody's hair on fire, right, on the Democratic side, and then what do you know? Susan Collins and a couple other moderate Republicans talk to him, and he decides to back off that a little bit in, frankly, pretty inconsequential ways. Mm -hmm. But it looks like a concession. He can say it. It looks like those moderate Republicans, you know, they they got in there and did what was right and made a difference. And he showed that he's reasonable. He can be talked to and, and negotiated with. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of that. And that later in the trial, it turns out they will do a couple of witnesses and they will do some uh, document subpoenas. Mm -hmm. So once again, he can be the one who is giving ground, so it seems, uh, And uh, uh, but it won't amount to much. Uh, But I think it's very shrewd strategy and and he's very good at this game. Well, yeah. I mean, John, if if you put aside where you stand politically on Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, and just judge how well they know their respective bodies. They're both outstanding. Well, it reminds me of a European parliamentary system where their candidates for top office emerge from their legislative bodies, and the people who work with them know them best, know where the true talent lies, and they have chosen on the Republican side for the Senate, Mitch McConnell for year after year, and Nancy Pelosi for year after year on the House Democratic side because their colleagues know how skilled they are at legislating, as well as with politics. And I concur with DJ's analysis of what happened yesterday. It seemed almost like a pre-planned sop to more moderate members who then can hit the hustings, go on the campaign trail, Cory Gardner, Susan Collins, and other moderates, ostensible moderates in the Senate, and say, we pushed back during the impeachment trial. But what they pushed back on was their personal schedule in terms of having yeah. to be there for 12 hours right. as opposed to what is really at play here, which is bringing in witnesses, mm-hmm. which any the vast majority of Americans, when polled, regardless of how they feel politically, believe that new information and new witnesses should indeed be introduced at this trial. It clearly does not appear that they will. They have kept open the possibility that later on during this next fortnight of deliberations that perhaps it'll happen, but it seems very, very unlikely. And finally, I'd quickly add, sometimes it's the dog that didn't bark, though, that tells you something in that 
Rand Paul says there are 45 votes to immediately dismiss the entire case. The fact that the White House didn't ask for dismissal, nor did Senator McConnell, suggests that they realized that there might be a half dozen Republicans who, if not open to voting to remove President Trump from office, certainly are not at the point where they're going to say, let's dismiss the entire thing. They didn't want to appear to lose a a vote at that point. That still may come, but at this point, there still are some Republicans who at least are listening to the deliberations. My guess would be that if McConnell thought he had 51 votes, he would be sorely tempted uh, to bring this thing to an end, but I don't think he would do it even then uh, for this exactly the same reason, that he wants to demonstrate that they're taking this mm-hmm. seriously, that yep. they're doing it right and and treating the, the process uh, uh, with respect. Not a lot, <laughs> but a little. Yep. And I think that's the way he's going to play it all the way through. And on that point, I concur with DJ and Part of what Senator McConnell appears to be good at is not just managing his Republican caucus in Congress, but also managing the White House and telling them this is how we believe we need to go forward with the rules of the trial and the pace of the trial, how we don't want to have you have any setback. He's made it quite clear that he's taking the president's side in this and that he's not impartial, but he clearly has communicated with the president what you don't want is to be reelected and not have a Republican majority in the U.S. Senate as well. And to the degree that we make some of our more moderate members who are up for reelection this year more vulnerable in the election by forcing some of these early votes on them, that's not in your best interest. Yes, and if somebody is going to be able to keep Susan Collins and Cory Gardner and and Mitt Romney and a few others in line all the way through this thing, it's Mitch McConnell. Yep. It's not Donald Trump. And and Trump may have enough sense for a change to understand that may. much. Uh, let, let me ask both of you guys about facts and what is happening now when you're on the floor of Congress and the gravity of this situation. I think anybody objectively realizes the president and telling the truth that occasionally he bumps into that. But he, he he's setting new precedent in this area. So I ask this. When the president's attorneys are yesterday saying that – the Mueller report cleared of him obstruction when it did not. No part did it do that. When they are saying that no Republicans ever had access to the skiff when a lot of these witnesses were asked questions, when 40 of them had access to it, when they say the president never had an opportunity to participate in any way in the House side, when clearly he did, and they turned that down. You do have... And, John, I'll go with you first. You do have the most powerful judge in America, but he's in a completely different role. So how do we take this, right? It, to me, it's one thing when it's the president and he's riffing or other politicians. But when you're having an impeachment trial and, and you're just looking the American public in the eye and you're lying about these things, is it still up to the public to say that? Or, or is there a different bar that you have to clear when you're – under oath, and you're testifying about something this grave. Well, I think this particular episode shows the false equivalency that has bedeviled Democrats during this entire process. Is here you have the president's personal attorney who was lying, and there's no other word for it in yeah. terms of the no access doubt. to these reports and all this. And this has demonstrably been proven and brought up by Adam Schiff on the Senate in the Senate chambers last night. And you have Chief. Chief Justice Roberts, who admonishes both sides to remember where they were, a very sobering moment. 
certainly that was an appropriate thing to say because Americans of any political stripe want civility in the Senate and during this process. But it appears that both of them are doing the same thing, when in fact that was not the case. It was the president's personal attorney who was being untruthful Mm -hmm. about this issue. Multiple times. But it seems, absolutely, but it seems that in the way that the Chief Justice framed it, that they're both at fault here. And that does indeed leave it up to the public to discern. And that's a really difficult thing in terms of the differing types and venues of information where most voters get their facts regarding the impeachment trial. You know, I took the the Chief Justice's admonition to have more to do with tone and uh, uh, evidence of respect for the institutions and the process. I did too. Uh, But... uh, uh, you know, you raise uh, important points. I, I would point out that lawyers are not under oath, yeah. uh, and what lawyers say is not evidence. Uh, lawyers argue, uh, and they're usually given a fair amount of latitude in any courtroom, especially the defense, uh, because they're the ones being accused of something, and they're the ones who are at risk. Uh, you're, you're hearing rumblings now that the, you're hearing more Democrats, DJ, you first on this one, that are willing to make a trade, like we're using this in sports parlance here, where, okay, we'll give you Joe and Hunter Biden, but we want John Bolton. In the end, when this all gets done, how convinced are you that John Bolton will appear in Congress answering questions openly and freely? Because I, I, to me, I still think the chance is about 0.5 out of 100 Um whether they can get this done and whether what signs are that the president is not going to just right away say executive privilege and then it's tied up in court forever? Well, I don't know that it would be tied up forever. Uh, I think it would be challenged and would have to have be to resolved quickly. Uh, well, I think they would, you know, move expeditiously, let's say, but it, by their standards, it could be months. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and of course, they won't have John Roberts. So we'll have an evenly divided four four Supreme Court. That's a good point. Uh, which is a mess in itself. Yeah. Uh, they might not be able to uh, resolve it, in which case, of course, Trump would win. Yeah. Um, so that all, you know, let's hope we don't get there. Yeah. Uh, I, You know, I can't imagine that McConnell, unless he faces a major revolt in his ranks, would would make that deal. Uh, I do think they'll probably take some witnesses. I don't know who they'll be. But I doubt that they'll be Bolton. On the other hand, I think if they got Bolton, they would not get from him what the Democrats dream See, that's of. what I think, John. You jump in. John Bolton is a lifelong Republican hawk, and he's aware of his life, that he wants to live successfully and lucratively. I just don't see where he's going to be. He's got a book coming out, and his prime demo is going to be Republicans – Fox and all that, where all of a sudden he's going to bring down the most popular Republican in America by far. Well, it depends what he writes in his book. I concur that who he appeals to are Republicans. He had a long career in Fox News after he was in the State Department as a diplomat. But if he indeed goes after President Trump, which is what he has at least hinted at when he said he has a whole lot of information about meetings that he has not been able to come forward with, this might be a case where what he has to say has more appeal to Democrats, and that becomes more the market for his book. He certainly, from a publishing perspective, has positioned it masterfully in that the interest in what he has to say is at an all-time high here, and maybe he took this risk in terms of being willing to testify before the Senate, knowing it wouldn't happen, but ginning up interest in 
the eventual publication of his book, which ostensibly will probably address this at this point. You know, if there was a time when they were going to agree to take witnesses, it would seem that that was yesterday when they had these serial votes that were all shot down on a party line basis. You're right. Facts on the ground could change. You could have some senators break loose and and decide to do that. But at this point, it seems that Senator McConnell is really riding herd on his caucus. And to have the number of departures that you would need to do that is certainly possible, but seems less likely by the day. I'm I'm less convinced of that. I think McConnell is going to want to show that he's the conciliatory one. He's the one respecting the process. Can you think of a witness in in mind that that he's going to say, okay? I don't have a particular uh, target in mind, but I think there are several choices. I'd be a little surprised if it was Bolton, although – you know that would be a, that would seem like a big concession. I would yeah. have appeal if McConnell shares our confidence that that Bolton is a safe yeah. uh, person to put on the on the stand. Uh, another question I have though is if McConnell really wanted Biden and Hunter Biden, why does he need to make a deal? If he's got fifty one votes, he doesn't need to deal with anybody. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> they just call him. 49 past what will remind you, too, that Adam Schiff, uh, all the while for the last hour plus, is making his opening statement as lead impeachment manager. And this is the process that will take place for who knows how long, right? The the Trump side wants it to end as of next week. Obviously, the Democrats wanted to uh, move much longer and include witnesses. Back with uh, John and Doug in a matter of moments. All right, so all the while this is uh, taking place, uh, we have this uh, documentary coming up on Hillary Rodham Clinton, which includes her saying about Bernie, nobody likes him. He's a career politician. He doesn't get anything done. And then, oh, by the way, if he becomes the uh, nominee, are you going to support him? Oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there yet. Now, then she backpedals at about 8 o'clock last night and says, I thought you wanted me to be authentic, right? Kind of poking fun. But then she says, of course, I will support anybody who runs against Donald Trump. John, when you, when you saw this play out, what, uh, what grabbed you? That there is basically no one in the Democratic electorate who wants to get Secretary Clinton back into the debate, back into the race, <laughs> back into the headlines here, except for her. Yeah. And she seemingly has an inability to step back and say, it's another election, another time, and we look forward to the result of the race, and I look forward to supporting the nominee and, and moving away, as George W. Bush did with the Republicans as an example, and so many others did. And even George W. Bush, when his own brother was in the race yeah. last time as, as well. So I think that uh, it's a distraction. It doesn't help her. Um, it maybe strengthens the zeal that many of Senator Sanders' supporters have for him because it looks like the establishment of the party continuously is coming out against him from that perspective. So I think it was ham-handed, as many of the moments from Secretary Clinton were during the last campaign. You know, it's just another demonstration of that effortless charm of Hillary Clinton's <laughs> that has made her who she is yeah. uh, in our political life. Uh, she doesn't get it. But, you know, nobody knows more about not being liked than Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and she as may a, be right. And as a somewhere. politician, a lot that as a senator that she was able to get stuff done. But as a campaigner, uh, yeah, her yeah. and her husband are way far apart. Yeah, and in, in fairness, I don't think she's entirely wrong in identifying the weak spot sure. in, in the Bernie candidacy. Yep. Uh, 
uh, that it's it's kind of a likability, a persona uh, issue more than uh, more than uh, policy positions. But she's not the one to carry that. Well, message. and she also can't say, Doug, I'm not certain if I'm going to support him over Donald Trump. Come, I mean, come on. Well, she's not making herself any more friends than she ever no. <laughs> than she had beforehand uh, with that. It, I mean, it, it suggests just a level of, of uh, pettiness and that's what it was personal pique that uh, uh, you know even even uh, from where she is seems unworthy of her. John, how about now where Tulsi Gabbard is suing Hillary Clinton for fifty million dollars for Hillary's overtones about you know someone with. Uh, Russian intentions is in this race to benefit Vladimir Putin and to harm the Democrats. And even though she didn't say Tulsi Gabbard, it was clear who she was alluding to. Don't know anything about the merits of the case and how a court would consider it. I know in the court of public opinion, you know, it appears that the candidate from four years ago, as whom, I'm, as I mentioned, most people want to move on for, and a candidate who didn't get any kind of traction in this race you know, certainly continue both of them to make news here. So I also think that it shows how some candidacies end up in careers for people that are unexpected. You turn on MSNBC and you see Al Sharpton on mm-hmm. every other day at, at this point here, even though he was incredibly unsuccessful in terms of getting any kind of traction when he ran for president about 12 years ago here. And Tulsi Gabbard is not going to run for re-election in Congress. She probably would have lost. She had a Democratic challenger who was clearly more popular than her, but she has caught on particularly with the anti-war voices of both the left and the right, and I think we haven't heard the last of her in terms of her participation in the public debate. Yeah, I uh, I don't think that lawsuit is probably going anyplace unless there's a judge somewhere who's trying to make a name for himself mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, or herself, but uh, it, uh, John has a good explanation for why people run for high office when it doesn't seem to make any kind of sense. Visibility it might in future. lead to who knows what. Exactly. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. Good stuff here, as always, from uh, John and Doug. StarTribune.com. That's one place you'll be able to listen to this uh, conversation. Also, we'll have it available to you. In fact, right now, if you go to the Radio.com uh, app, you could rewind. And uh, also, we'll uh, podcast at WCCRadio.com slash chat. <laughs>